when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, hello. I've been gone a while, but your other genial host, Tony Black, is back alongside regular guest Steve Norman to talk a melee of film, TV and music news. First up, dinosaurs. We haven't seen Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, but we wonder if nostalgia will make this sequel a hit. Next up, football. We talk Steve's look at Mike Bassett, England manager, and predict some World Cup 2018 scores. In our TV section, we tease our upcoming review of Netflix's Luke Cage Season 2, which we got a sneak preview of, before deep diving into Sky's phenomenon, Westworld. Can Tony describe it to Steve and make any sense? Finally, in free play, after a few weeks holiday, Matt Latham returns with his cassette tape section, and on the subject of music, we talk London's Royal Albert Hall and movie screenings with an orchestra. New craze or just new fad? That's enough anyway of the preamble. Let's do this, shall we? Okay, starting as usual, uh, we're talking about movies. And um, basically, we haven't seen anything, have we, Steve? Really, we haven't. No. <laughs> we haven't we, <laughs> we get, on, get off to a good start with this. We, we haven't, neither of us have seen the big new hitter. Uh, right now, which is Jurassic Jurassic World. Jurassic, I was going to say Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Did you see the last one? I did. Yes. Yeah, because I'm um, hearing it's not as good. I didn't think much of it. The, the uh, Jurassic World, the, the the first instalment of the reboot of the sequels. <laughs> Just describing it makes you go. Oh. Yeah. Mm, I know. I, I wasn't. I wasn't in love with it either. I think you know. And I, I mean, Les, uh, our writer Les Pitt has reviewed it on uh, Set the Tape. So you know, have a look at what he said. But um, I think. I mean, were, were you a big? You must have been a big Jurassic Park fan. I'm guessing back in the day. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, it was one of my favourite films growing up, and it's still one of probably my favourite blockbuster type films you know films of that ilk it stands up really well now i mean the, the effects don't look date well they mm-hmm. don't look dated they look good it looks you know it's still kind of everything you want from a film of that type and i think even without the nostalgia effect if i was to be watching it now for the first time i'd be probably just as 
into it. Yeah, and I, that's that, and that's an interesting thing, isn't it? The nostalgia, like, because you know every, everything right now. I mean, when you think about all the the big summer blockbuster films, you know, we've had we've had Solo recently, which I know you you're a big Star Wars fan, so you've seen. Yeah, that. I haven't yeah. seen it yet. We've had Solo. We've had. Uh, we've got Jurassic Park, we've Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. We've got Mission Impossible Six coming in a few weeks. You know, I mean, even something like Ocean's Eight, which is fair, you know, nostalgic for like ten, fifteen years ago when the Ocean's films were coming out. Then all this, you know, you've got a lot of films right now that are yeah. really tapping back into into stuff that people loved years ago. So, do you think do you think something like Jurassic World Two will benefit from that really it's hard i mean obviously a lot of people are going to see jurassic world fallen kingdom it seems that every kind of blockbuster big budget film has to now try and set up a franchise or a sequel it can't just be a standalone film we're seeing it even with stuff like independence day i'm half expecting it to be an armageddon sequel where we find out that <laughs> bruce willis didn't actually die on the asteroid I kind you know, of want I, that now. I kind of want it's, that. Film. It's it's everything has to tie into something, or and with some films it can work. Mission Impossible is a spy film, so you can just come up with another spy plot, spy, uh, uh, you know that kind of thing. Um, some new action set pieces, and it will probably work. But with something like Jurassic World, it's it's kind of like the first one was was that different with the terms of the plot and the, the you know dinosaurs being brought back everyone since then you kind of have to try and go bigger but it just seems to be sillier mm. or, or, or stupider or less you know not less believable because let's to be honest we're talking about cloning dinosaurs but you know just <laughs> just like doesn't make sense as much and do you know what i mean it's yeah. you know weaponizing dinosaurs Mm. It, it just seems to make it even more unbelievable um, and take something away from it but then Solo worked Solo was good it, it was really enjoyable I enjoyed it more than The Last Jedi it, it worked and I really didn't think it would well I was going to ask so, you about that cause, so, cause... so what do I know essentially <laughs> why are we asking me about it what, what does any of us know, yeah. you know I, th- I think if anything this podcast proves that what do we know but I think you know, as someone who's a massive Star Wars fan, I mean, I, I'm I'm a, I love Star Wars, but I'm nowhere near as big a fan of you as you are. You know, you really, really love it, and I think I was wondering about that with you with Solo. I haven't seen it yet, but you, you know, you, you would have gone into it with a real level of, you know, with Han Solo, one of these great characters um, from the past. You'd have gone into it with this feeling of, you know, oh, it's it's got a surely I'm going to expect X, Y, and Z. You know, and and with Jurassic World. You know, the majority of people who are going to watch that, a lot of people who are going to watch that, are going to expect the the level of Jurassic Park. And I think certainly, you know, in terms of the reaction to Jurassic World, and from what I'm hearing about the reaction to the sequel, it's not really lived up to that in any way. And maybe the difference with Solo is that Solo was able to maybe tell a little bit of a different kind of story, whereas these Jurassic World films, it's it's just Jurassic Park again, isn't it, really? Just tarted up. Yeah, that's essentially what it is. It's just Jurassic Park, a different version of Jurassic Park. It's it's trying to, you know, you've always already been wowed in the original, in perhaps even the original trilogy, although the Lost World and the other one, it's probably less said about that, <laughs> yeah. better. I generally can't remember the name of the third one now. It's Jurassic just three. Park. It's just, is it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's um, the, the one without an ending, the one that literally has no last act. And yeah. It just, it just ends. 
the the plot in those is a bit it, it kind of is a bit more sensible in so much as but what they have to do is try and better the last one so the first one you have obviously the initial thing of seeing these dinosaurs uh, as well as that you kind of they go big so you have velociraptor t-rex um and the big long necked ones you know as much as all kids love dinosaurs once you get past those you're kind of you're kind of scrabbling around for dinosaurs are actually going to recognize after that so you think mm. right we get a stegosaurus and triceratops into the next one right after that what dinosaurs do people actually know right pterodactyl we'll get them in there then mm. uh, right what what else design what other dinosaurs do we people know ah right now we're just going to start inventing them and well yeah 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 just pretend yeah i mean i, I went to the national history museum the other week and, you know, for for the first time. And, you know, they've got a big dinosaur exhibit there. And there were about three or four I recognised. You know, there were about... I was like, yeah, oh, that, oh T-Rex, yeah. Oh, that's the um, uh, the one with the horns. Can't remember, step, oh, I can't remember the name of it now. I, I remember yeah. That might be the Triceratops. I don't know. I was like, yeah, that one, that one. But after a while, I was like, what's this? You know, Thnachinisaurus and all this. I was like, ah, come on, that's made up. And that's the yeah. thing. It's one of those that, you know, you, the further away you move from it, the more, you know, it kind of it kind of loses it or you just try and repeat the same beats you know and from what a lot of people have said that if you've seen the trailer to fallen kingdom you've seen the film and that doesn't surprise me to be honest yeah i've i've not heard good things about fallen kingdom i mean for me the um i've said this on different podcasts and maybe even on this one before but the thing with um jurassic world was that it essentially right from the get-go right to the last scene with the t-rex roaring out over the ruins of the the theme park was just saying, yeah, we really know the original was better than this. Yeah, because, exactly. Because, because yeah. the T-Rex comes and saves the day, it essentially stops the big new dinosaur thing from from killing the, the protagonists. And then at the end, the T-Rex just looks over the island and, and roars. So it's kind mm. of like, well, yeah, you're just admitting that the original was better than this yeah. by doing that. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, people will always go and see it. I think mm. it, I think it'll take a lot for any franchise to to wear so thin that people will stop seeing it. You know, it's going to take double figures worth of bad films for people to stop going to see Marvel or Star Wars oh, or yeah. Jurassic Park World. <laughs> if they make one or two bad films, people will still go back and see it. The yeah. next one after that, but if it, it will take a lot of bad films in a mm. row for people to really lose lose their love for these franchises it's true i I just want that um bruce willis armageddon sequel now really to be honest it's probably in the pipeline somewhere (laughs) probably i think it'd be less ridiculous than die hard 5 so you know speaking of um of films that uh, aren't to do with uh, dinosaurs uh, obviously we've got i'm not uh, i'm not interested anymore sorry (laughs) (laughs) ah but what if what if i mentioned they're about football steve well, there we go. That's a different matter. I've brought, I've brought you back now, haven't I, to the table? You have, yeah. Uh, we've, got, we've got, obviously, as as this is released, we've got the World Cup kicking off. World Cup we 2018 do. in Russia, which I think we're both very excited about. And uh, another opportunity to see England do desperately bad again. But, uh, you know, what's new? You, you've written a piece for uh, Set the Tape, uh, which is talking about um, one, one of the... one. I think we both agree on this, because we've talked about this before. One of the best football films ever made yes i mean there's there's not a great deal to choose from Uh, first (laughs) first of all i should have written more articles on football films 
but a bout of gallstones um, and some upcoming holidays have really paid to that. But I'm going to try and write some more throughout the duration of the World Cup. Brilliant. Um, I will get them done. No, that's all right. That's all right. You had a you had a, an injury. You're on the bench, but now yes. um, yeah, you're ready to come off back on back into the squad and um, Roy, Roy of the Rovers. Roy, yeah, Roy, Roy of the Rovers. Um, that'd be brilliant. Yes, keep an eye out, guys, for for those during the the World Cup season, which is going to last for roughly around the next month. And um, but yeah, we're kicking off with uh, Mike Bassett, England manager, which you've written a piece on, which uh, obviously starred Ricky Tomlinson back. I think it was two thousand. And uh, Ricky Tomlinson from the Royal Family as uh, one of the worst England managers ever. And it's it's like a mockumentary kind of, you know, um, style uh, <laughs> film. Yeah. And it is just glorious, isn't it? Well, it is, it is parod- parodying the impossible job, which was the Channel 4 documentary on uh, Graham Taylor trying to get England to qualify for USA 94, oh. which, in it, which in itself is is fantastic yeah. and ridiculous in equal measure you know it's 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 just a fantastic documentary and this is you know take take a, a comedic take on that if, if a comedic take on that documentary was actually needed at all but it, it works because it's not just lowest common denominator football jokes which yeah. very easily could have been i mean there are some of those in there don't get me wrong and there is there is slapstick and you know just stupidness in there but there is a lot of clever football humour in there as mm. well. There's a lot mm. of, um, you know, taking apart what football culture was like at the time, what um, the perceived, you know, what people perceived of the football association at the time and mm. uh, the England team at the time and footballers at the time. It it was kind of cleverer than what a lot of people perhaps thought. Yeah, definitely. And I, I, it's one of them. It's 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 got. It's got layers to it, Mike Bassett. It's it yeah. really does. It's it's very it's very clever. It's very satirical of of sports and of football in particular. And you know, it, it's just and Ricky Tomlinson. He's just brilliant as this completely bumbling, clueless England manager who's just yeah. he's just gonna he's just a calamity of a man. And it's it's just great. There's just so many funny gags. Like I, I think you know, obviously the um, Benson and Edges. <laughs> two guys called yeah. up to the England squad because he, somebody got wrong about how it was a cigarette packet. Yeah. <laughs> and they were two like 40 year old butch. Fourth division players. <laughs> it's just it's things like that that are just so clever. And it's also got what I think, and about you, I think the best World Cup theme that was never officially done ever for England. Oh, my Nothing... son! <laughs> yeah, nothing will top world emotion or three lines, well, but that, that's wrong. a that's a close third. All that's right. tying third true. with Ant and Dex were on the ball. True, yeah, true. Nothing's going to beat the Barnsley rap, is it? Let's be honest. No, I think no, that's true. Okay, but yeah, it's it's a great film. So check out Steve's um, piece on it, guys, because it's uh, it, hopefully it will make you go and watch the movie. Which is honestly, w- w- I mean, if you're a football fan, you're really really going to love it. But if you're it's, not, watch it anyway. It, it, it's difficult to track down now, but it mm. is it is available in in certain places online. Um, yeah. But it is difficult to track down, unfortunately. Is um, it as difficult to get as Dream Team? It no, <laughs> nothing is as difficult to track down as Dream Team. I, I yeah, one day, one day, one, one day. day. Scores then predictions. Let's because once we once we come back, I think we'll, we'll have played a couple of games. So first first two England games predictions. One, so. We got Tunisia weeks. first. Yeah, a week a week today is the first England game, which is against Tunisia, and then the second one is um, it's a the Thursday following. 
No, it's a the Sunday. Second, the second one is the following Sunday. It's so twingling games before the next set of tape is recorded. Yeah. I think the way that the group has worked out, we're quite fortunate we have Belgium, which is our toughest opponent last. Mm. I think the first two games should be straightforward wins for us. I would say a comfortable 2-0 against Tunisia and even as much as a 4-1 against Panama because the few bits I've seen of Panama, they do look pretty hopeless. That's You're right, we should, but I just have flashbacks to, you know, uh, fin- was it Finland or Iceland? In uh, Iceland. I think it was, yeah, it was Iceland, yeah. wasn't it? Oh my God, yeah. But, you know, we, we no, surely it can't get any worse than that, mm, he says. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. When uh, in, we'll be back in two weeks, we'll see if, if Steve got his predictions right. I'm going to go for I'm going to go for a one nil against Tunisia because I think they'll come out the gate a little bit awkward and anxious. And I'm going to say I'm going to say I'm going to say three nil against Panama. So we'll uh, we'll see we'll see we'll see how we go. And then um, maybe, maybe Owen can put on the website somewhere what he thinks <laughs> his scores are going to be or something. But yeah. Um, but for that soon. But yeah, in terms of films as well, keep an eye on our website because our uh, roving reporter Dominic uh, Hastings has been at the Telling Tales Festival in Manchester and he's doing some write-ups this week um, about uh, some of his uh, adventures at this uh, very... Uh, took place over the previous weekend, um, this June. Uh, a really interesting blend of, of uh, films, uh, short films and also audio projects that were going, that were going on in, uh, in Manchester. So we were lucky enough to go there. So do check out his thoughts on that as well. TV then, and um, we're going to have a little chat about the biggest phenomenon on on the box right now. But uh, before that, I, I'm going to I'm going to tease something for the next time I'm on, which is that we've got dropping very soon one of the what might be one of the first reviews of the second season of Luke Cage, Marvel's Defenders TV show uh, in the Defenders Netflix you know Marvel Cinematic Universe area because i've watched it i managed to get the uh entire season thank you netflix early and i've uh, i've gone through it and uh, i can't talk about it there's an embargo until um tomorrow i think as of the time you listen to this but our review of the season our general broad review of the season will be out then um all i can say without spoiling anything is that it's really good have you seen season one of this steve i don't know how much of a fan you are of of the marvel oh. stuff I've not really got into the Marvel TV shows. Too Have we really got that much pull now that we can get stuff early off Netflix? <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't, didn't realise things were going so well in, well, in set the tape towers. Well, well, you know, sometimes, sometimes it, it, it happens. We've been we've been lucky so far. So yeah, cheers Netflix. Give us more things, please. <laughs> no, I've I've not really watched too much of the um, Marvel TV stuff. I watched the first series of Agents of Shield and the first series of Daredevil, and it's. It's one of those things that I've never really kind of picked up on or got back into. Yeah, it's 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 one of them that's been a bit of a thing's been a bit hit and miss for some people, you know. Some some of them are really good. Jessica Jones season one was great. Um I didn't love season one of Luke Cage, I'll be honest. But it's it's got a it's the second season's great, as I say. And the the whole you know, season one of, of Luke Cage has a real sort of swagger about it, you know, it's set in Harlem, it's about a you know, a, 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 a quite a, a beefcake of a guy, and it's all a, there's, there's a lot of you know criminals involved. There's the police. You know, it's like a black exploitation update. You know, for the modern day, it's got a brilliant soundtrack. There's so many like jazz, blues kind of stuff going on in there. Rap, R and B. It's a it's a really stylish and quite sexy show. And you know, it's um, 
it's it's only seems to, it's it's really it's really it's really good. So you know, we'll more thoughts on that very soon, guys. Um, so check that out. Um, our Luke Cage exclusive review dropping very soon. But the other big hitter as well, we've got the Handmaid's Tale as well, which uh, our review is Clara and uh, Clara Cook and Kalechi Ahenulo doing weekly rotating so keep an eye on those i haven't watched those yet so i haven't really got a lot to say about that but our writer kevin ibbotson white is reviewing westworld season two week by week which uh you can find on the website and um we spoke about this a bit earlier but you haven't you haven't seen westworld yet have you steve i have not no it's do you know anything about it do you know the gist yeah i know it's based on is it based on a novel it's based on a or, film. Or a, uh, or an older, yeah. But, it, um, but it's by a novelist, so I can see where you were going there. Michael Crichton, um, so, yeah. And who, didn't he write Jurassic Park? He did, he did write Jurassic Park. There we go, Park. all yeah. ties in it's very nicely, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and it, it's about, isn't it about uh, some kind of, like a theme park where the, the animatronic people might, you know, read or have AI or, or something? Mm-hmm. That's that, that's essentially the gist of it, yeah. yeah. In, in the old film, I should I should write these kind of things, you know, sim- <laughs> for the back of for the films on Netflix or something like that on a on a back of DVD boxes. <laughs> Have you seen some of the like the, the descriptions on Netflix though? Because they're really mental. Like if you if you look at the you know what they say, some things about sometimes they are nothing like that movie or nothing they- like that TV show. They always try and be really upbeat in them as well for some reason, even if it's like a horror slash film. <laughs> yeah, they all die at the end, but don't worry, they have fun doing it, that kind of thing. Yeah, just, yeah. just you know. Um, so God knows what they put about Westworld. It's not on Netflix, thankfully. But uh, yeah, you've got the gist of it right, because Michael Crichton's, a lot of his stories are all about kind of, it's the same kind of story in a way as, as Jurassic Park, in that Jurassic Park it was that we created these dinosaurs and then oh, you know, we thought we could create a theme park about them and oh, actually, they're no dinosaurs and they'll eat us. In this, it's the same gist, in that in the near future they've created a, a theme park where you can turn up and you can experience all these different you know worlds. You know, in the old movies it was um, Future World, there was Medieval World, there was Roman World and there was West World, which is the Old West. And you can turn up and you can pretend to, you can either be a cowboy, you can be a bad guy, you know, and you can, you, you sort of interact with the the androids, or in this case, they're called hosts in this version of Westworld. And it plays that story and you basically play that story. So it's a bit like being in a video game, but you're actually participating, you know, and, the, and everything's supposed to go to a particular storyline. But obviously in Westworld, the, the idea is, yeah, they rebel, they start to... The, the hosts, the robots, essentially, they start to get consciousness and they start to become self-aware and they start to realise that there is more to this and they're being abused and they're being victimised. And the the show, I mean, the movie's quite sci-fi, 70s sort of pulp sci-fi, but the show is really complicated. I think you'd love it because you're you're a big fan of Lost, right? Yeah. And it is, it's not exactly the same storylines, but it treads such similar sort of waters. You know, Lost did all those episodes where you'd have a focus on one character and it'd go off down a rabbit hole there, or it would, you know, it'd have all these different intertwining, non-linear sort of storylines. So it'd flash back to this event and then you'd see like disoriented... Ver- you'd love that. You'd love it for that. I I'm think I you. would. I, th- I think it's probably because it's in the UK, it's, it's on Sky. I don't oh, yeah. have sky um so if it was on terrestrial television or if it was on netflix or or amazon prime then yeah i'd have probably watched it by now it's just because it's on like a 
a medium that I don't have uh, readily. Yeah. So, but yeah. you know, yeah, that, and that's the that is the thing. Yeah, you've got to you've got to have the Sky package to watch it. A bit like Game of Thrones, you know. But um, if, you, if you, when when they're on, I mean, the first season's on Blu-ray. Check it out. Get it because Kevin is doing these fantastic reviews for us on uh, Set the Tape, which are which are really really good because there's so much to unpick in this second season, which has sort of gone in a bit of a different direction from season one. You know, and it's you know, it's it's uh, some people have been in love with it, some people haven't. The one that's just gone out this week, episode eight, is fantastic. The last two have been really great. The last one has been so fantastic. It's very lost-like because it takes a character who you haven't seen much of before, and it does their story all the way through, and it weaves it all with all these different things we've all seen before, and it's just really layered and in depth. It's got tons of themes to it. It's really really well shot it's quite graphic it's quite gory it's quite sexy it's got brilliant soundtrack it's it's just great you know and it's it it's one of them you've got to pay attention you've got to be locked in because there's so much to it but it really is worth it so so basically sexy robots sexy robots yeah, yeah. sexy robots and a lot of death and if I they mean, yeah. i mean <laughs> if i can't say you say you it with that i don't know what i'm going to do yeah so yeah, that's uh, keep watching, keep checking out Kevin's reviews. We've got two more to go after this week um, before the season's up. So we only get ten a season, um, but it is coming back for a third season. So you know, check it out, guys, because it's it's pretty great. Free play, then finally, we're going to um, turn things over first. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about music in this uh, in this free play. So we're going to turn things over first to our uh, roving musical maestro, uh, Matt Latham for a little bit of a uh, two-minute update. So uh, away you go, Mr Latham. He's back once again with the Renegade Master. I'm Matthew Latham. You're listening to The Cassette Tape. And this week, I'm going to make you a playlist. It'll only take about half an hour of your time to have a listen to. It's a millennial equivalent of a mixtape for those of the slightly older persuasion who might not be sure what a playlist is. But Matthew, what is on the first Cassette Tape Playlist 01 playlist? I'm glad you asked, fictional person. All it is, is a few select songs from a few albums that I've been listening to quite a lot uh, over the course of this year so far. Uh, it opens up with serial, cassette tape, podcasty bit, referrer person, uh, Natalie Prass with Oh My, um, her album came out earlier a few weeks ago. We have Wait It Out by Happy Accidents from Everything But The Here And Now, which could potentially be my album of the year so far. We've got the song Miracle by Churches from their Love Is Dead album, which came out at the same time as Natalie Crass. And if I'm honest, the Love Is Dead album, I am listening to it a lot. And again, contender for my favourite album of the year so far. Frank Turner, um, someone I perhaps mentioned as well in an earlier episode, their song Little Changes, which has probably his best video yet, where he's attempting to dance and just feeling very uncomfortable. Uh, Too Young to Care by Anna Birch's Quit the Curse album is another great song. It's a great album. I um, saw her live at the start of May. Brilliant songstress, brilliant songwriter. Uh, we got Lonely Tourist from Smells Like Team Meeting from his Renumeration album. Um, he's perhaps one of the best songwriters ever made, and he just makes everything else look insignificant in comparison if you've not heard the ballad of paul tierney which is basically a guy with his same name as lonely tourist's real name um and he just talks about this footballer's life all the way through and um his unsuccessful unsuccessful career it's a fantastic song it it feels so down so dapper but it is one of the more positive upbeat songs you'll ever listen to um the regrets come through he's like a great little uh motivational 
the uh, kick-ass song uh, Grace Vonderkun uh, with Reveries is another song from a album which I think could also be my favourite album this year there's quite a few so far and it just took me out of surprise it's a brilliant album uh, Mediocre at Best is not a Mediocre at Best song from a, an album called Seatbelts for Aeroplanes by an artist called Brand New Friend who might be your brand new friends after listening to what is a great album and not from an album actually but a song that was released just before I saw them live. The song is called Moon by the artist Dude York, who I absolutely love to bits. The fast forward for this edition is going towards the June 15th release of Mike Shinona's album Post Traumatic, an album that expands on the three song EP with the same name from January. It's an album that explores his grief over the suicide of his friend and. Lincoln Park bandmate Chester Bennington. Um, he's actually stated that it's a journey out of Grief of Darkness rather than one of Into Grief of Darkness. I am very interested to hear how the album turns out. So until next time, keep listening, people. Cheers, Latham, for that. That was uh, that was really good. And uh, we're going to continue the musical theme by talking about something that I've been going to because we've, we've got a nice little contact at the Royal Albert Hall in London, one of the most prestigious music venues in the world. And... Uh, they keep sending us tickets to go to free concerts, orchestral concerts, uh, where, where you watch a movie and you uh, have a live orchestra playing it at the same time. And uh, this week, um, we've got uh, Close Encounter the Third Kind. We've got Clara going to see that, and then she's going to report back on it. Uh, we've got Gladiator coming up as well, um, which I think Clara's going to as well later in the month. And later in the year, I'm going to see... Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, do you know what? No, I couldn't get tickets for that one. <laughs> if only they did that. I'm going to see Jurassic Park, would you believe, with a live orchestra. And I, I saw for my birthday present, which was last weekend, I went to see both Star Trek and Star Trek Beyond with a live orchestra um, as well, which was which was brilliant over two days. Um, so we had a nice weekend in London. But um, have you ever been to any of these, Steve, or would you go to any of these, these kind of live movie screenings with an orchestra? I would. I had ever have been. I certainly would for the for the right kind of, of film, as as the problem is with me. I live nowhere near London where all these things happen. Mm. And it's, it, yeah. But, you know, if, for the right kind of film, then, yeah, I'd, I'd be there in a, in a flash. What kind of film would you want to go and see, do you think? What, what's your idea uh, for the movie? Something that's got a good score to it that would that would work with an orchestra well. I mean, there's some... Star Wars, I think, would probably work. It's got a great soundtrack. Mm, um, yeah. Anything that John Williams has done a soundtrack for or a score for. Yeah, I'm not like, I'm not like the biggest soundtrack person, which is why I never sort of do the articles on soundtracks or scores, but anything that does have a, a big kind of orchestral score would be great to see in that kind of environment. Yeah, they're doing Star Star Wars, the original yeah. trilogy. I think it's it's countrywide, so you never know. It might be somewhere a bit more accessible for you, I think. I'm yeah. sure they're doing it in more than just London. And they apparently they're going through and they're gonna do all the original trilogy, which it which would be amazing. I I really yeah. want to get myself to them. They're really good. They're really fun experiences. They don't just do them in the Royal Albert Hall. The Royal Albert Hall is a fantastic venue, and they're very kind, um, giving us tickets for this kind of thing. And it's just every time you go there, it's just a bit of a gasp moment because it's so so brilliantly done and it's seamless. Yeah. But they do them all all over the place. You know, they do them in a lot. Of, they do them in Birmingham where I live. You know, at the Symphony Hall and things like that. And they do them in a lot of in a lot of cities now. They've got a lot yeah. of this going on because it's it is pretty popular these days. Yeah, I can imagine it. It's a sort of a, a good seller for. For film fans, I imagine it kind of brings the people in through the door. It's certainly like an interesting 
concept to have the live orchestra there. Mm, it, it makes you see. I mean, I, I saw the Star Star Trek '09 again, and I've seen that film so many times. You know, because I'm a big fan of Star Trek. But when you when you watch it with an orchestra, you know, and it's it's a brilliant film for that kind of thing. It, you, you kind of see it in a different way. You know, we both came out of it. Me and my uh, partner came out of it, and we, you know, we loved that film. We already liked that film, but we loved that film this time around. So it just brings yeah. it brings it out. So I think if you saw Star Wars, oh, yeah, you'd, you'd be you'd be you know on your knees by the end of it. I think <laughs> just <laughs> just be the best thing ever, really. And I think Jurassic Park will be really good. Yeah, I'd in, imagine that would work well. In, in September. So um, I will report back on that then. Uh, but yeah, if you ever get a chance, Steve, do it. Definitely. And if, if there's anywhere near where you are, we'll try and get you some free tickets. Sounds good. Sounds good. That'd be, good. That'd be all right, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. F- free free stuff. Given, you know, we're high rollers now. We've got Netflix on our side. Yeah. So, you know. Never, never turn down a freebie. Nah, never, never, never. That's episode 12 in the bag. Thanks as always for joining us for more ramblings. Don't forget to check out all of our articles and reviews on www.setthetape.com. Follow us on Facebook by liking our page, on Twitter by following at setthetape, and if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes, that would be even more wonderful. So until next time, have a good one. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.